0: It's not been good.
1: Um, good for getting dosh. Oh, good for the wallet. Good for the wallet, not good for the mind. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> the right. uh, ultimatum. Exactly. You can't have more. you got to choose. You want to <laughs> make the big bucks. It's going to take a toll on you at some point, somewhere.
1: Yeah. It's times like this where I'm just like, fuck being rich. It must yeah. be social. Sh- like, you just never actually feel like, unless you were doing, unless you were like white collar rich, unless you were like lawyer rich or like like you just did the standard nine to five and just you just were rich because of that. Like rich for grinding, like beyond the nine to five. <laughs> fuck that shit.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing if you're a lawyer, you work up from whatever you're paralegal, then you're up, but you You have have to keep moving. It's like, you have to learn new strokes just so you don't sink. So once you might be making the big bucks, there's a psychological principle that's saying like, you don't want to lose it. So the more you make, the more anxiety you have about losing the money or not making enough so that you're equal to the other top dogs. You want to be an associate. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like, Screw that! I just oh yeah,
1: this week has just been like, because oh. you can't you can't actually live a productive life when you like don't. That's I I actually didn't realise when I was doing casual how much it was affecting my uh routines and habits.
0: Did you have a routine when you were a casual teacher? Oh no, like That's I did, hard. but. I felt like I was always playing catch up, which is
1: ridiculous because it's like the easiest job in the world. Yeah. But it was because of that. I also th- I also am really struggling, and you probably we've never really discussed this, because I guess you just cop it, but I'm really struggling
0: with the idea of a commute to work. Fuck <laughs> me. Yeah, because you've always what ridden your bike to work. You've just Yeah, I ride my bike. bike. over. Yeah. And I get there, that's the other thing, I get
1: there at 8.30 every morning. And like having a commute is so stressful because you don't know when you're going to get to school. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, fuck me. I know if I get on my bike at 8.25, I'm going to be there at 8.30. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it just it creates so much stress in the morning. It's like, fuck, now I'm stuck behind a big fucking cattle truck. Shit.
0: Yeah. Now and then that, that sets the le- general level of anxiety for the rest of the day. It makes or breaks the day. It's yeah, and two like codes that one goes down stressville or mm. you get to work on time. And you think, okay, maybe I'll have a good day today. Yeah. How do you do that? And such a mind game too. It absolutely <coughs> smacks me around. And I, mm. I genuinely think about it every day when I'm stuck behind that big semi-trailer. <coughs> And I'm just blaring my horn for no other reason than just to get out that good feeling of anger. No, I try not to do that. I try not to do that, but it happens. But I'm like, this yeah. is such a colossal waste of time that yeah. I start running the numbers because for me it takes like 45 minutes. Or yeah. on a good day. You're
2: on the other side.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, when it was peak pandemic, it was taking me like thirty-five minutes, sometimes half an hour. I just blitz there. No one on the roads. I could fang it. But nowadays, I, I do the toll. I, I add up just how many minutes I'm wasting in a week. And then in a mm. turn, and I'm like, oh, imagine if I put that time to something else. It absolutely ruins you. Commutes are not great. They're
1: That's not the good. thing. Like, I was talking to mum, like, and I'm saying, I don't think I'm going to go back to... Uh, I don't think I'm going to go back... To won't, won't name names on our infamous no, podcast, no. but like the school that I was working at, yeah. which I intended to hopefully get a job back at. Because unless I um, started living in the
0: town of the school. Wait, so you're saying you're wanting to get a job at the place you've been working at this week? <laughs> or, yes. Or the, yes, okay.
1: <laughs> because... I, I do love the school, yeah um, you know I, I do yeah, I do feel uh for the purpose of our infamous fan base, this is obviously the school that we went to, and I do really love the school and I love the people like at the school, but I just don't like I get to the end of the day and I'm just like I feel tired. Mm-hmm. And I think the commute is part of that. I'm like, oh, finish the day. Now it's time. It's okay going back, like driving home. But I just feel like driving to, driving to school is like the worst way to start the day. Because like, those 45 minutes I would usually spend going to the gym. But now this week I just haven't even gone to the gym because I'm just like, fuck. I Or like exercise at all in the morning because I'm like, fuck, I have no routine.
0: Yeah, I've been the same. I either have to choose to work out or have breakfast. And mm. I have to, because I have to shower. I'm one of the people that I can't start the day without a shower. And I have in so yeah. you got to choose. And I know. If, I, if I have breakfast, it, it drags out. It's a whole affair. I do bacon and eggs, avocado and a coffee. And the co- yeah. you gotta want to make the coffee because you feel like you have to earn it. You know, I, I don't yeah. like to do an espresso stuff anymore. So I want the good grind. But I gotta choose. I like that. Yeah, mm. that's discipline as well. Like that's
1: discipline to not be like, oh, just have one of those shitty um, nest cafes yeah. at school. Yeah, because yeah, that shit is like, I feel like there has to be some kind of fucking petroleum-based, like disgusting chemical in those. Rose. But anyway, sorry, sorry. Keep on going with your breakfast thing.
0: That's it. That I, I have to choose every morning I have this Sophie's choice of, what do I want to have bacon and eggs and avocado, even though I haven't earned it? Like I'm Mm. absolutely from the nutritional slash health principle that you have to earn whatever you eat, especially (laughs) in the mornings. You can't just be waking up being like, oh, there we go. I've done nothing but lie horizontally for the past eight hours. I now get to put food into my stomach as a reward. Mm. I'm like, no. Especially greasy bacon yeah exactly
1: which is delicious and it is delicious and also you shouldn't feel ashamed because healthy fats are good fats
0: that's true
1: i don't know if healthy i still i'm not sure on like when i read that aubrey marcus book Mm. that was all about like he was all for bacon and i just don't know how much i agree with him there (laughs) Yes. 'Cause like when I eat bacon, I can't think of like a food that makes me feel more shit. It
0: <laughs> is that I'm gonna challenge you here if you don't mind. How what? much of that is psychological? Because I know for me oh, like, bit, <laughs> at all.
1: <laughs> but I just feel so bad. Like even even like with bacon, if you touch it with your fingers, I feel like if I even touch it a little bit with my finger, it's just like, oh fuck, you're gonna smell like bacon for the rest of the day. And it's just yeah. like it's that, that like the liquid form of terminal illness. You're just like, like I, I know, know
0: that that's not okay. Mm. It is, yeah. Do you, do you go to the effort of buying nitrate-free bacon? Um, I'm going to say no because I don't really know what nitrate is. And I <laughs> don't think my bacon is free of it at all.
1: Fair. I, 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 think, might- I think if you don't know what nitrate is, it's safe to assume <laughs> that you're not eating
0: nitrate-free bacon. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm probably
0: <laughs> eating nitrate-added bacon. Yeah. Extra 20% of nitrate. Can I get the <laughs> bacon that's nitrate-stuffed, please? Thank you, at the deli. <laughs> it's like procuring
1: in nitrate. <laughs> in those little vacuum bags, it's like a little fucking good 20 mil of nitrate that's <laughs> just washing yeah. down. other
0: the one of the deli where it's just sitting in a pool, like a punch bowl filled with <laughs> nitrate. Yeah, all that liquid is just nitrate. <laughs> so i take it it's not good for you
1: no that's not good for you even even aubrey marcus who gets around bacon he he does not like the idea of nitrate not free bacon (laughs)
0: i'm gonna look that up yeah because it's like let's look that up right now it's like what's the what's the story here nitrate bacon but I feel like it's never been an option when I'm at the deli. Do I? I maybe no, I've got to go to the butcher, or not the butcher. It, it
1: sometimes isn't even an option at the butcher. <laughs> um, it's like the process that they use for for curing it. Yeah. So, fair enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. None of that's good. I mean, I think about. I used to be a fiend for things like, uh, well, like pastrami. Oh yeah. Yeah, they say that's not great. No, you have that in like a smorgasbord of starters, mm. Nibbles. Mm. It's not good. But the eggs yeah. are great. Yeah, I agree. The eggs oh, are yeah. and, and the avocado. No. I'm having like half an avocado a, a day.
1: Good, good. Uh, that's good
0: for you. And you throw on, uh, Do you throw yours in smoothies?
1: No, nah, I haven't messed up the courage to do that yet. Um, I just don't know how I feel about like throwing a fucking $2 item into a smoothie. <laughs> like, just being like, yep, that's $2. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: I'm fair. just going to
1: take a quick Yes, One second. Sorry. Intermission. Sure. Out of the loop. This is how, this is how I'm disorganized. I, oh, like, out of fucking whack my life is. I'm, I'm drinking
0: like fucking coffee. Breaks aren't to schedule. Yeah, and it's like. see, you're drinking like Nest Cafe right now? Yeah. How what? bad is that? It's how out of
1: whack I am right now. It's like it's decaf. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, but still not the best. Um, that's, and uh, yeah, but like I, I totally think there's some. St- just this week this whole week has made me realize like that is not something that i just like ever discount again that whole like how long was you commute to work yeah cuz it makes such a difference doesn't it
0: yeah, yeah. even the feeling that will gradually wear at you it's like a dripping tap you just it just rusts you eventually that you kind of feel like you're a wage slave that you being pulled to work every day and you have to do it. And it it just feels a bit like that. Like you're the clerk, the company clerk that has to drive off every day at the same time every day and arrive to to work. I don't know. It it takes away some of your freedom, I feel like, even the illusion Um, of it.
1: Yeah. And I also feel like, and, and this is not like, obviously, if you're an organized person, you don't let this happen. Like already, but like if you're late, you're not just late for the five minutes that you're late. You're late for the whole fucking trip. You're like stressing for that whole 45 minutes knowing that you got in the car at fucking 7.45 (laughs) instead of getting in the car at 7.40 and now you're fucked and now you just see there for 45 minutes going, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. <laughs> and you can't do anything else about it except for like get stuck behind cattle trucks and be like, oh, fuck, now I'm more late.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, The like, yeah.
1: awful thing that happened to me this morning was I was like, fuck, I'm late, but I also need petrol. What oh. would I prefer, being more late or like not even getting there, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and risk the commute being a walk to work.
1: Yeah, just uh, hitchhiking the last <laughs> one. And you're like looking at the thing on your car that's like never accurate. It's like you've got this much range, and you're watching it tick down. And every time you accelerate a bit, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't fucking economical. That's that's three kilometers gone. That little rev there, that wasn't very fucking smart. Now, now you're, more, you're, like, you're more late, or you're less late, but you're more fucking likely that you're never going to get there. And it's just this awful fucking mind game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's such a definitely. teenage boy thing to do, like, don't you reckon? Just not have a pencil in your car oh, okay. and also be late.
0: <laughs> it was like recently, it was only the other week where I broke down in front of yours. Because I thought I could get to Byron and back three times on zero petrol.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh... But going back to the whole argument there, like, it's important, isn't it?
0: What's that, petrol?
1: No, the commute.
0: Oh, the commute, yeah.
1: Like, I just feel completely out of... I know I did it for a whole year and it was fine, but...
0: It's also just like, I don't know. But I can't I believe know. your day technically starts at 8.25. My day starts at 7.25 because mm. I leave at 7.25. So technically I got that a whole hour. And I can rationalize to myself like, oh, well, I throw on a podcast. I could be learning as well. Like, oh, this could be my PD time. When really well, that's not the case. It's still a, most of the time a wasted hour. Just an mm. hour or two hours, really, there and back. Where you're just not doing anything, you could be doing something else, and it messes mm. my head so bad. I can't believe you leave to work at eight twenty-five, get there at eight thirty. But I can't believe you get there at eight thirty. Mm. You're ready to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not ready to go I'm fucking scrambling Once I get there at 8.30 It's like a fucking chicken breaking out from a fox <laughs> Like, fucking, where is my, where's my class? <laughs> but it's I, just, days, I just decided that I prefer to have that argument with myself There at 8.30 And also have a morning That's kind of exclusive <laughs> from that chaos <laughs> um. Yeah Well, actually, I
0: kind of exaggerate that point when I think about it. uh, See, I think the morning is so important. It sets up the whole day. This must be, uh, is this on the same train lines as what Aubrey Marx is saying about when he says seize the day? What is it? Carpe diem stock cliches that he's got there. He's like, you know, your morning sets you up for the day. You want to have a great morning. So then, Mm. that, for me anyway, that's the momentum. If I don't am frazzled by eight, then that's it for my day. I can't get it mm. back. I feel like I'm surging ahead instead of mm. really trying to be present, present mm. with my students, present in the staff room. If I'm rushing at 8.30, then I'm going to be rushing by the time I get to lunch and I'm in there with my heat up food in the staff room, talking to people mm. or not talking to people. And that's mm.
1: just Well, I guess that I it's a little bit different in my context because I can get there at 8.30 and then go straight into morning briefing at 8.30 and then just go straight to class because I've got secondary students. So, like, I have to be prepared for the first lesson, obviously, but, like, after the first tour out of the road, it resets. That's true. In the secondary classroom, I feel like it's so much more,
0: I don't know. It just works a bit. It's a bit more fluid. <laughs> yeah, well, I forget that in the secondary classroom, you get that reset every 50 minutes around about. That mm. You can have a shocking lesson. But if you give yourself that 30-second pep talk or even that one minute to be like, I don't know if you got time to do this, but if you're just like, Meditate quickly and be like, all right, let's do this again. But this lesson is going to be better. And I can just forget that past 50 minutes of just horridness. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and you, got- you kind of do that. You do
1: do that subconsciously when you walk between the first and the second lesson. Like you go to the different classroom, you kind of just like, well, I know when I walk out from the first one, I'm just like, I'm, I'm saying g'day to people as I walk along corridors and stuff, but really it's sound, this sounds awful. I can't believe I'm saying this. Switched off really, like I'm, off. Yeah. Just like, I'm not really saying I'm not really there. I'm not, I'm not really thinking about them. I'm not really ah. engaged in them whatsoever. I'm just like, g'day, 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 g'day. but really I'm in my head being like, okay, fuck, what's the next thing I've got to do? <laughs> what, what, what does this second lesson look like? <laughs> Yeah. so then at least like the first 15 minutes is in my head and I'm like fuck yeah yeah sounds so bad I sound like such a shit teacher mm-hmm. being like planning things in 15 minute blocks but I feel like that's the that's the crux like I oh god I feel like this is such a negative thing that I'm about to say tell me if this sounds really fucking negative and just like shit sure. Man, I feel like for me it's more important that I have an exclusive period of time in the morning from when I wake up to when I leave on my bike for school that's, like, not even related to school or, like, even any of my thought processes related to school because then, I like, then I'm set up and ready. And even if I don't wake up till 6 Like there's two hours and 20 minutes or let's say two hours every single day that I just get to myself in the morning. Whereas here I wake up and I've been waking up a bit later, like at 6.30 and then I'll kind of like fart around and maybe go for like a really quick walk down to the beach or something and then I'll like leg home, have a shower get some kind of fucking ridiculously looking crazy breakfast going on. And then I've got to be in the car by like 7.30. Um, So I've only got an hour. And even that hour, I just feel like is mainly getting ready. And I don't know. I don't even know where I'm pissing it to, but I'm pissing it. And then get in the car and I'm off. And it's like, fuck, this is actually affecting me. (laughs)
0: yeah that's fair enough though i'd say that that's realistic i mean you're not paid to be thinking or planning for school at that point yeah and
1: shit! sorry i didn't say my bad bit this is the bad bit the bad bit is that i just could not give a flying fuck whatsoever if period one and two is an absolute disaster and um to be honest like sorry fucking Queensland sorry well, not to name names but Queensland education. <coughs> uh, yeah sorry Queensland education you don't pay me outside of 830 and so I'm not gonna give a
0: fuck for them fair enough I mean I was gonna say it's realistic to say that it's a profession and not a lifestyle we're not paid to always be in the mindset yeah.
1: I think I've got to be careful in saying that. Like, I really do care about my teaching. I care about like the quality of my teaching, but I also definitely care about, it goes back to that whole fucking stereotypical teacher thing where it's like, you're going to be a better teacher if you, if you're just a teacher during X hours. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you start taking shit home and then you're like, Oh oh, Oh fuck. I haven't planned that. Then like, Everything needs getting planned. And you're like, fuck, now I'm, now I'm working till 11pm at night and I'm getting up at 6am and I'm fucking working on shit. Like when it comes to reports, I get up in the morning and like finish my reports and I hate it myself. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Be a better operator, you piece of shit. <laughs>
0: That's a good catch-all.
1: Yeah, because it's like, you don't... Someone said that to me in the school, actually. Or they were talking, they were actually slagging someone off. But in the staff room, I wasn't even in the conversation. I was just listening to them. They were basically like, oh, and then the fucker goes like, he goes, oh, I need to take these home do my reports. And he worked till like 6.30 at night. Just be a fucking better operator, (laughs) can't. So, yeah. But I, I think that's true. Like, if you're taking work, if you're taking like, a shit ton of work on. I'm not talking about like little bits here and there, but if you're taking shit loads of work on, just like, just be a better operator in some regard. I don't know. How, how much do you agree with that statement?
0: I wonder to what extent do you include the report writing into that load of work? Because yeah, well, see, that's sure where you can't get all of the reports written for, in the nine to three or even the nine to five. I don't know about yeah, but reports take ah. a long time and you have to find Fine. hours everywhere to do it. Mm.
1: Yeah, sorry. A short caveat to that whole me, idea of me getting there at 8.30 and knocking me a fuck if anyone... Like, because people do say, they're like, oh, fuck, you late today. Oh, like, oh, fuck, yeah. you any later And the boss will be pulling you pull of the office. Blah, blah. And I just don't give a fuck whatsoever because I just know in my head that that's my... My expectation is that I'm there at 8.30 and that's it. But the small caveat to that is, that like, if there's something I know has to be done before the next day, then I just stay back later until it's done. Yeah. But i don't take it home.
0: And the but catch there is... As well, isn't it? What's up? That? That's dangerous as well, isn't it? I was going to say the catch there is, I know for me, is that I can rock up 8.30, even 8.45, and people will see that. In fact, everyone will see that. Even the boss might be at the front seeing you waltz in, and everyone can see it. However, people don't see you staying back. Exactly,
1: and that's where you just got to be a hard-ass motherfucker and be like, fuck <laughs> you. I don't give a shit about what you think, but it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard to... As a beginning teacher because you feel like, and, oh, everyone else yeah. is doing it. But I also think it's, it's hilarious, that, that whole idea, but it's so true. No one, like, stays back late, really, as a percentage-wise. But, like, everyone gets there early. And that's the whole reason they do that is because there's that, this, Oh, I'm seen here at fucking 7am. Yeah. Well, big whoop. Have you seen your dick in the last five years?
0: <laughs> or anyone else's? <laughs> yeah. Go for a walk. <laughs> um. No, but everyone does their warm up differently. Everyone prepares for the game with their own unique style. And I think that's important. Mornings are important. To you, you, you can be an early person. And that's great. And also, you can leave early. And sometimes I do that. <clears throat> like 3.20, fifteen, three twenty, I'm out. So, you, you say that's like an
1: early thing. Sometimes, <laughs> like, I don't understand what you're talking about because I just leave when the bell goes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you still have a job. It's easy. If it, like, the way that I rationalize it in my head is like, I think I often do think about like times that I'm leaving and I'm like, fuck, if, if the boss was here, watching me right now, would I still leave? And then most, like, 90% of the time, I'm just like, fuck yeah. yeah. Because, like, like, what, like, what are they going to say? Like, what? oh, your shit. Like, you're, you're fired because you didn't stay an extra 15 minutes and piss it up the fucking wall complaining
0: about that shit email that I sent. Like, that's, that's like, the literal... That's true. And you do have to worry about those ones that stay back too much. And also- Oh, they're the complainers, for sure. And it's also, could be seen as a bad look if you're staying back for that long. People are like, well, you mustn't be efficient. You mustn't be a good operator. If you have to stay back this long, marking books or just chatting mm. to your colleagues, like oh, get it Don't done. you, I view it as that. I reckon anyone in
1: the fucking office after 4.30 is an absolute kook.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Or it's a. It could be a sign of someone who just lives there at work. They make work um, the same as home. Mm. They're just they're too comfortable there. There's no separation of boundaries between yeah. the workplace and the home place. And now,
1: if you're one of those, if you're one of those teachers, if you're listening right now, and and you're a teacher that like, is, for some reason, for, for, and I, I completely understand that everyone will have valid reasons for this, but if you're fucking working until, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're taking a whole big, you, you're, you've all fucking seen it, when that teacher takes, like, the two chicken wings, like, laptop under the other, and then there's, like, fucking 23 folders under the other. If you're that teacher every single fucking day, then you just need to stop drop and
0: fucking roll. Yeah. Something has has to cut something out throughout the day so that you don't have to do that. Yeah. Plus the flip side of that, and this is the most important thing, right?
1: Is doing that fucking extra hour of work at home or whatever better than going and talking to three kids at lunchtime? What do you mean
0: by that?
2: Well,
1: a good question. <laughs> the what I mean by that is, I feel like I, oh, I feel very mean here because <laughs> no. like people's faces are coming into my head, but I'm like, there's teachers that I can think of mm-hmm. that I know sit there and like take all this fucking work home and shit. And it's like to mark assessments or something something like that. And it's like, okay, well, maybe the assessment that you're setting is not even assessing what you want it to assess Mm -hmm. in the first place. And you're making the kids write fucking 1500 word essays when they're in year 10 and it's actually making them write shit up because they're just putting crap onto a paper and, and, replicating it in five different paragraphs. Um, And then maybe on top of that, you're reading this fucking assignment for 45 minutes and giving it back to a kid who reads it for fucking 35 seconds and then never thinks about it ever again and forgets every single piece of content in the essay that is in there. And you could have just had a two-minute conversation and that could have increased that kid's engagement by like 300%. Yeah. I don't know. Now I see your point. Like there's better, there's more efficient. I think we've talked about this in the past, maybe not on this, but like there's more efficient pockets to go and stick your nose into during a school day than thinking that all the magic happens outside of school day. Like if you're a teacher who thinks that all your fucking work is done, you know, you like I've met those teachers who are like, oh. 90% 90% of the work is preparation, 10% is teaching.
0: Fuck that. What the fuck is that? That's a fucking stupid philosophy. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. And that might work for a lecturer but not a teacher and they're two different <laughs> professions. Exactly. That's like, that's just fucking ridiculous. I remember a bigwig told me that. Some fella yeah, in that's a suit. that only bigwigs could say.
1: Yeah. But it's like, that's just the fucking stupidest thing. And that's why I like teaching, the fact that it's not that, because most jobs are that, like fucking farming or accounting or, mm. fuck, pretty much everything. everything. <laughs> Teaching's not like that. It's, ma- it's like 90% live, 10% outside, I reckon. Yeah, 90%. That's what, that's what the kids say. And I think that's what we forget so so often. It's like, I can sit here. That's what our principal's always on about. He's like, stop marking. Like you sit here for hours on end, fucking marking this shit, and they're gonna let, read it for two seconds. And as soon as they see an A, C, B, whatever, on the piece of paper, the comments, the fucking 20 minutes that you wrote, putting comments on the paper, they won't read anything. Mm. Same thing in a primary context. How fucking ridiculous is it that you guys have to be put through the ringer to sit there after school and mark work when the kids don't even read it?
0: <laughs> There's this one colleague. Again, faces are coming to me. As, as I'm thinking about this as we're talking about this. There's one colleague who is doing just that most afternoons, especially towards the end of term, as it is now. And they will sit in their classroom and play some soft, soothing, harmonious music in the background, like on the overhead projector there, while they mark just piles of books. These absolutely huge towers of books. And I'm just like, oh, no, that's, that's not on. No. But you're so right, that time could be invested. Elsewhere and should be invested elsewhere, which can make so much more of a difference. Not just for the sake of yeah, you get to build that relationship, but also that can have a direct positive impact on their achievement.
1: Yeah, and also like it goes back to that idea of often we we go and do the thing that shouldn't be our priority. Like we spend time, like if you get release time often you'll go and think to do the things like the nuts and bolts and you'll spend 90% of your time doing like fucking filing or I don't know, some stupid shit. And yet, if I was to ask you directly, like to your face, you know, what's what the most valuable thing you can spend your time on in terms of planning and resourcing and that sort of thing, you'd give me a list like this long and yet we still go and do like the most fucking stupid, Um, non um non Um, student direct outcome type thing possible
0: (laughs) that's so odd because i sat down for release this afternoon (coughs) right after afternoon tea (coughs) and i had all of these things i was going to do to do with like the nuts and bolts the things i just need to tick off usually it's emails i need to respond to which which don't warrant a response but yet feel like, oh, it's my professional duty to reply to this, shoot, oh. this long email. And so I was gonna get into the nuts and bolts, but as soon as I sat down, I had my cup of tea and I was ready and I started to think, well, my mind was wandering to those students that I needed to see or find someone's jumper or have a chat to about their, what, what was up with them? Is it something that i worried about? So like all of these other things to do with the relationships, that I wasn't tending to because my mind was focused on the planning or the the in-the-moment teaching. And yet I was here being like, i got to do the nuts and bolts stuff, but really I should be doing the investing into relationships.
2: You
1: You were just saying you thought about the relationship stuff and then cut out.
0: All right, yeah, I was just saying that was what came to me instead of needing to do the nuts and bolts, you know, and they're going, I I shouldn't have to respond to this email or tick these boxes or file. I was literally doing these filing things into this briefcase, which was all of my students' data. And I'm like, oh, I've got an Yeah, I was
1: just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get every, I'm going to fucking get organized. I was like, all right, I'm going to fucking file every single piece of assessments from every single kid that I have from the whole year into these manila folders, it's actually it's actually not something that I came up with. It's like more the school requirement. But like on a visceral, like fucking on a below the surface level, like you do not have to be a rocket scientist to realize that you have access to an online resource where all the kids' assignments can be uploaded to that. Um, to that source. You don't even have to do it. They can upload it and then it just sits there. So if you ever need to track down that assessment, it'll be a bitch, but you'll be able to do it. And yet we still have this like finicky need to fucking file everything. What the fuck?
0: This is ridiculous. And we think it's a good use of time because it might feel slightly good to have all of your students work samples. Neatly arranged, alphabetically ordered into manila folders and briefcases. But really, I'm like, this isn't the priority. It's just wasted time.
1: Anyway. It's just like unnecessary control freakness.
0: Yeah. And so is marking books. I mean, I never mark books. The only time that I might mark a book is when I'm there with the student. Because like you said, they're not going to read it. And if they do, they're going to cop a hit to their, not just ego, but their sense of uh, self-efficacy and their learning. Because they see all this red pen blotted mm. all over their work. It doesn't mean anything to them.
1: But see, I'm interested in this. This is a question for you. Because I, I completely understand what you're saying. Because I remember going to that school in London, that primary school, and being like, what? Like, it's part of my fucking professional duty to sit here after school for an hour and mark every fucking piece of work that they've done today. Like that's literally, there was it was literally like you had to mark every single book of every single subject that they'd done that day. And they're like, if you hadn't, like you couldn't just walk out. You, you just fucking had to have all this stuff ticked. So I started off the first few weeks and I was like meticulously going through it a couple of weeks weeks in, I was just like fucking (sighs) because I was like, I realized that it was doing nothing. There was no implication in learning whatsoever. There's no impact. Mm. But then my question becomes, how do you like in a primary context give feedback?
0: Well, when it comes to marking i'll just i'll just say this i'll preface this. my answer with this i'll say that uh, there are two things that i swore to myself this year at least that i would never do one of them is lemonade lemonade anything why just i i just don't like it <clears throat> i don't like the idea that teachers need to have something laminated like permanent and then stuck up on the wall as though that was gospel that just needs to be uh up on the wall like it's pretty or something like that. I don't know, just the idea of something printed and permanent is uh silly and it's a waste of time. And I hate using those laminating machines. They take forever to warm up, heat <laughs> up, and I always forget to turn it off and nearly burn the school down, so that was me last oh, year.
1: You got to you got to get your school to get one of the one of the fucking Hoity toity
0: laminators. Oh Hoity Toity Laminator. If you
1: got a good laminator, you'll be addicted to it. Our <laughs> laminator, you just like that thing is like hotter than a fucking toaster. You just like the moment you turn it on, it's like good to go. It'll just do the whole like and then like it's fucking good. Are you telling me just, that you laminate things? Mate, I am a laminator. Oh, really? Yeah, because it goes- <laughs> you're like, oh, really? <laughs> no, because the reason being. Um, in high school. What do you got to laminate in high school? Mm. Well, I never used to, but I've only started doing it this year, and I actually back it. And the reason being is I was thinking about like visible learning. And my biggest problem with visible learning is I struggle with. Um, I do I make too many resources and use it too sparingly like I'll, I'll throw something out for a lesson but I never come back to anything and so like for example my macro learning intention for the term I'll laminate that and on that will be breakdowns like literacy breakdowns of the terms that are used in that macro learning intention so like Learning intention posters, old laminate, because I don't want to. I don't want to just print it out and then, oh shit, someone like spat on it or like someone rubbed their fucking shit hands on them. Yeah. Can't use it anymore. Oh shit, someone pissed on it a bit. Now it's
0: not worth having. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. So are these for you, like you keep the laminating. Sheets, these, these visible learning sheets? Yeah, see, that's what I have figured out.
1: Because <laughs> I'm like, now I have fucking three posters times seven classes. Oh, fuck. Now I have 21 posters <laughs> for a five-week unit. Times that by eight. 21 times eight. Now I have 100, oh, fucking... Hundred and eighty odd posters. Um, yeah, that's going to become an issue. Yeah, that would be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel sorry for you, primary you fucking
0: bastards. Yeah, I feel like. it's where your philosophy way. comes from? Oh, I was just going to say that it's not really a philosophy. It's more that I'm lazy and I don't like to do it. And, um, we don't have a hoity-toity laminator. Yeah, but I back that because that's 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 thinking about
1: your personal, like, don't do shit you don't like doing. Yeah, There's something about that fucking hoity-toity laminator that gives me a fucking
0: thrill. It's like, <laughs> look at
2: it. It's <laughs> fucking
0: <laughs> Don't you think, just quietly, that there, don't you imagine, there are men out there welding metal and blacksmithing knives and swords. Mm -hmm. And we're here working with hot plastic. Do you ever think about that sometimes? A bit, yeah. (laughs) A lot. I just think about it sometimes. Uh,
1: I kind of feel like a pussy when I go through those stages of like, I have to have my stationary fucking worked out in my desk. You have a stationary
0: spot like
1: in your desk? yeah, like, at one, at one school that I worked at, I used to have a fucking stationary organiser and I used to, like, organise my pens, like, my fucking blue pens, and my red pens. And at that point, there there came an afternoon where I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, you little fucking pathetic piece of horse shit? What are you? Fucking, won't say that word because it's 2020. Um, Go on, yeah, so. and then I'm just like, Emptied out the organiser into my drawer and just fucking messed everything up because I felt just too emasculated But um, yeah, I do think
0: that (laughs) often (laughs) This really is good therapy some sessions, isn't it? Yeah,
1: there there
0: is some shit that I do that I just I just hate myself (laughs) I can't even imagine you organising your pens according to colour I've never seen you organise anything according to colour It doesn't happen anymore, but it did happen at one point, is what I'm
1: saying. (laughs) It's Yeah, but back to that whole idea of uh, primary feedback, because I I totally agree with you that marketing books is the most pathetic form of feedback ever. (laughs) But, like, how do you get to – because I feel like in a secondary context, at least they're a little bit self-evaluative. Like, they know when it sounds shit.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, at primary, they're learning to read. So why are you gonna write them something that they're, they're at risk of not even de- able to decode? They're not to able to decode the, what you're gonna to write to them in the feedback. If you're writing in red pen in their book, you need to do more of this. First of all, then they're really not gonna read it. Mm. And if they do, what are the odds that they're going to improve on whatever it is that you wanted to improve on? Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe it could work for some. Um, I think the research is pretty clear that it doesn't work. So what does it need to be? Like feedback? Well, for me, my opinion is, I follow uh, a dictum by James Nottingham, I'm going to drop his name again. And he says that you shouldn't give feedback unless the child, the student is in front of you. So that, well, first of all, I think it's better to have that connection face-to-face. Mm. They can take you more seriously. You can see if they agree with the feedback. You might have misread something. You might, your feedback might just not be adequate or fitting. So they have to be in front of you, face-to-face. You look them in the eye and say, okay, here you go. Here's, my feedback to you is this. Mm. Well, better yet, you ask them what they think they need to work on. What are you aiming to achieve? and um, you give them that, you do the comparative judgment there. And then second of all, the second reason why that's important that they need to be in front of you is that you can see if they apply it. So they go back to their desk after five to 10 minutes or however long, even at the end of the lesson, you see them again and say, okay, did you take on that feedback? Uh, The thing with writing into a book, uh, you might lose track of, the comments that you give them, the feedback that you give. And you don't know if they're going to work on it. And, um, yeah, I just feel like you, you got to give feedback when they're, they're in front of you. And also, who's got the time to be writing in every single book? I don't know. I've got 28 students and if I'm writing in every book. It's going to be more than just an hour from 3.30 to 4.30. <laughs>
1: such a waste of time yeah it's such a waste of time it's like yeah that is clear it's I, I was i also thought it was good that you touched on that fact that like i've also like that that comment that whole comment oh there's no point giving feedback unless they're in front of you i've also heard that term in a similar way but there's no point in giving it feedback unless there's an opportunity to act on it yeah, yeah. so like uh, there was a good conversation actually in the morning briefing uh On Monday, that was saying, like, the formative tasks that we're assigning, um, because this school that I'm currently at, when they moved to their online learning, they moved to a model, which we did as well, where each week there had to be some kind of formative uh, assessment that was linked to that week of learning for each subject. And they've actually followed. We basically stopped doing that as a means of practice within our... um, teaching, I guess, but they have continued it on for that that five weeks that they've been back. So every single student has got into this habit of submitting and now continues to submit something each week. Um, and for the the primary purpose of it is they're giving their kids opportunity to implement feedback from the week before. But the issue that they're having at the moment is the fact that we have to give feedback every single week. Like the quality of that feedback is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of trying to balance, they're trying to all test at the moment whether it's feasible to give like two points or like one or two points of feedback. That's not really necessarily positive or negative and whether that still then has an effect on the next task. And I think that's an interesting conversation to be having in a, in this twenty-first century context, or this not even twenty-first century context, in this COVID speeding up of online learning transition context, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because the thing you also have to ask about feedback is does the student do the students know where they're going with their learning? Uh, If they don't, is there somewhere that they can go to find out? I'm not talking about just the syllabus is there somewhere that you have you've shown them where to go or you've modeled it before or you've given them the appropriate resources where they can go and find out and say oh actually you know what I need to do more of this without even not saying the teacher is irrelevant but if it's small bits of feedback does the teacher even need to do that or can they the student bypass the teacher to go to even a place within the classroom for example, for literacy in my classroom, we're currently doing using something called a bump it- up wall, which has become quite trendy in the last three or four, five years. And it's pretty much just like a uh, part of your wall in the classroom that has four or five levels, and it has the success criteria at each level. And we co-construct that with the students so the students can say, <clears throat> "What should be level one?" which is working below?" what should be at level five, which is working obviously at like a year six level, if I'm year five. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fantastic because the students know. <clears throat> they don't have to go, hey, sir, what I need to do more of, or is this right? They can actually go to this war where there's also an exemplar on there yeah. or an example, and they go, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not doing this. Oh, I'm not um, including some uh, okay. sentences in my writing. So that's it.
1: Yeah, see I like that because in that way that you're, you're creating efficiency in, because, because you're making the kids aware of a criteria, like that's an example where you're making the criteria work for you rather than work against you. Like when you, when you write an assessment piece and you write up a big fucking assessment criteria or criteria of success or whatever, success criteria, criterion fucking grid thing like that is working against you because then you're having to like oh this and there, a c for this and there, a b for this and that takes ages and gives them they don't even look at that they just look at the overall but in that sense where it's really simplified now and they've co-constructed and gone this is this this is this this is this and then you've actually shown them your professional judgment Relative to that criteria, by just circling on your one to five or whatever thing, like, see, I feel like that is very clever because then they then need to do some kind of evaluation of why that is, and and like, you can argue that oh, kids will never do that, but like they never do that because they've never practiced that, and I feel like that's probably something I need to get better at as a teacher. Probably everyone does, really. And it is tricky. you got to get out of the habit of thinking this criteria like fucking the best.
0: Oh, I just stuffed up for a while. Yeah, sorry. Did you say anything? No, you were just finishing off a thought with the criteria.
1: Oh, yeah, I was just saying I think we've got to get out of our heads of thinking that criteria is like, the be all and end all has to be this whiz bang thing. Like it just is so poorly used. It's one of the most sapping in a high school context. Anyway, it's one of the most sapping uses of time, like circling these fucking criteria over and over. Oh, this one's a B, this one's a C. Fuck that. Like you can quite clearly like read an assessment and go, this is a B, this is an A, this is a C. So just do that. Like why fucking have a, oh, this is our knowledge criteria. This is our understanding criteria. This is our analyzing criteria. Fucking just fucking,
0: I don't know. I agree. When it comes to our success criteria, I think I know I can have a tendency and we as teachers can have a tendency to be too clinical and to really compartmentalize, oh, this is the criteria that we want. We get too bogged down in that, and or we have to see this, and if we don't see this in their writing, then it's a failure. Well, Mm. I think we kind of put ourselves into a box too much there, and the students um, don't like it when we do that. I
2: think
0: if you give them an example, for for example, at the start of even a unit or start of a lesson, you say, here is a good example. Why is Mm. it good? And you work through the paragraphs, and you work through that piece of writing or what makes it so rich, they can tell you some things. They can tell you. If they're, you know, maybe not in kindergarten, but they can tell you some things above kindergarten. But um, yeah, I like what guy Claxton who said you should need to have a nose for quality. You need to be able to, and and students should have that, that nose for quality. You don't have to tell them this is what an A is, this is what a B is. You really need to Um, work with the students to co-construct that criteria. But it's something that I need to get better at as a teacher, for sure. Because I'm not great Mm. at
2: that at the moment. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it?
1: I think also just it has been good being in this other environment this week because I've thought, like, about what they're doing. And it's a very interesting time because... Like there has been this online learning and um, one of the things I probably picked up during the week is I was thinking, you know, out the, my current school probably hasn't done a good enough debrief about what was good about that period. Like, I feel like the, the tone at my current school is very much like, oh, well, think, fuck, that's over. And
0: now let's go back to normal. Um,
1: yeah, and when I've come into this other school, like, just for the week, they seem to still have... Like, it it feels like they've had that conversation and they said, what worked well here? Um, worked and a lot here. of the... Yeah, it, like, a lot of the things that they were doing before it all broke out were probably a little bit behind. But I feel like that period of time has just accelerated, accelerated them. Like, for example, having... Their Google Classroom set out in weeks now, um, and they have a they have a uh, oh like a global cross faculty um, structure of what their classrooms look like. So they have, um, you know, that they have different titles for each thing, and that's consistent. And so, like, it's term one week one, term one, week two, term one, week. And those are all separate uh, pages. Uh, and then the content is delivered in a certain framework as well. And see, that is fucking amazing that they have, like, been able to, because that, that would have taken several years had COVID not have happened um, in that particular environment. And I have the benefit as well of hindsight, knowing what it was like. Before. And so I was just so impressed when I actually had a look this week and I was like, fucking hell, these guys have actually got their shit together and had those meetings, had those discussions, and like had those hard like conversations with teachers of being like there would have been fucking heaps of teachers being like, I don't fucking know how this works, and blah, blah, blah. like they've obviously just nutted that out and been like, Well, fucking deal with it or face the repercussions.
0: Yeah, and you're right. Cool. Yeah, the pandemic wasn't quite long enough for the old boneheads to be settled into the crisis way of doing schooling or teaching. Like they were probably itching to get back to the way things were. I think, all right, thank God that is over. Let's get back to how I was doing it pre-COVID. Whereas the smart leader mm-hmm. would be there saying, "Well, what can we keep that is actually making things more efficient?" At I know at, a, at our level, at stage three level, we have a fortnightly planned and organized almost like a timetable, learning timetable, which we give to the students and we share it with the parents too. And it has um, the whole day's work for each day uh, for two weeks. So, oh, so right. yeah, the kids love it. And especially year sixes at the moment, they just rock up. They know what they have to do. They stick around for some of the modelling, but then it's like they're itching to just get away and work independently or work with the person next to them. And they get so much done. They're getting so much more done than they were pre-COVID. Yeah, why do you think that is? Well, my hypothesis is that they have been forced to be independent.
2: There we go. Sorry, before you get started,
1: I just have quickly get my charger.